welcome to Whatever It Takes, a podcast about Degrassi, the next generation. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Holland. And today we're talking about season three, episode 22, The Power of Love. And Kelsey, will you please read us the episode summary? Sure can. Uh, Hot off the YouTube presses. The end of the year dance has arrived at last. Jimmy wants everything to be perfect for Hazel, but nothing goes as planned. Sean's guilt gets the best of him, and he confesses to stealing Mr. Simpson's laptop. Earning Mr. Simpson's forgiveness, however, is going to take much longer than Sean anticipated. Completely left out the Joey and Caitlin storyline, but otherwise I think it's like pretty accurate. Yeah, I, I have no complaints about this. It's fine. Whatever. Um, so the title of the episode is The Power of Love, named after the 1985 Huey Lewis and the News song, which also served as like the key track of the back of Back to the Future. Um, obviously if you've seen the movie, which somebody I know has not, which I still find like astounding. But yeah, it's just like a nice, like very, very 80s song to just kind of close out the episode. And I guess it works because like the school, like the power of love is present in both like Jimmy and Hazel's relationship and like Caitlin and Joey and I guess Sean is like guilty and trying to like earn back Mr. Simpson's teacher love. I don't know. What do you think about the title? I mean, it's fine. Whatever. I I guess, yeah, I mean, I guess it ties in because it's a dance and Jeremy's trying to prove his love for Hazel, which just frankly feels like trying too hard. But, um, I don't know. It's fine. And, okay, you guys, fun fact about Kelsey. I, uh, have not seen a lot of classic movies and it really upsets people like Holland. (laughs) Who go, what? You've never seen Back to the Future? And what? You've never seen Ghostbusters? And what? You've never seen Star Wars, Star Trek, The Goonies? What else am I missing? I mean, that's all I know as of right now. I'm sure this like goes a lot deeper, but <laughs> that's all I know that you haven't seen. I haven't seen a lot of classic movies either, but I don't know. I feel like, like there's a, I don't know, those ones... Or at least very classic to me. It's, it's really just like the 80s classic movies that I'm missing out on for the most part. Um, okay, anyway, sorry. I just. You, you know. clearly did not live at Hollywood Video like I did as a child, which maybe says more about like me or in my social life than anything else. I think it's also a testament to that my parents are a little bit older, so, like, not a lot of, like, fun, like, teen movies of the 80s did anything for them because they were, like, older. Um, I don't know, man. I watched a lot of Twilight Zone uh, and, like, Mel Brooks. It's really informed me as an adult human. (laughs) Moving on. So this episode is fine. It's like it's it's the season finale and it's like the most low key and boring season finale we've maybe ever had. Um, And I think it's just that they were like this whole season has been such a roller coaster and they were like, we're out of money. Yeah. I mean, there were so many two part episodes in this season that it's like they ran out and they're just like, let's just end it. We did too much to all of these people. 
We're ending it on a school dance episode. Like, let's like, let's just do it. It'll be fine. Which, like, I mean, it was. It was fine. It was boring. Like, there wasn't really anything going on. I didn't, like, come out of it being like, what? You know? But also, like, when we do two-parters, it can be kind of exhausting. So I was also just glad that it wasn't a two-parter. I was like, you know what? I'll sit through some nonsense and, like, whatever. It went by fast. So who cares? It did. I was. It went by very quickly, especially because there were three different storylines that none of them could really get too deep. So it was just like hopping between all three throughout the entire thing, and then it was over. And I was like, "Oh, okay." I feel like a lot happened, but also like nothing happened. But maybe we should get into exactly what happened because we keep just talking about it in general, and we're gonna be here forever. So it starts with. Like, Jimmy, Hazel, Spinner, and Paige are all in, like, the hallway. They're clearing out their lockers, and they're really excited for the dance that night. And Jimmy is, like, complaining to Hazel about how he has to go away for the summer to L.A. to a basketball camp because poor Jimmy is rich and gets to do cool things over the summer, but he's going to miss Hazel. And Hazel's like, you're going to have an amazing summer. Like, why are you complaining? Seriously. And also, he's like, well, that was before I met you. And he looks all sweet. But I was confused because I was like, does Hazel hate Jimmy? Because she gives him this look like whatever, (laughs) which is like the look that I give people. But that's because I have no heart. So her being like, whatever. I was like, does Jimmy, does Hazel not give a shit about Jimmy? Is that what's going to happen here? Is this about to get interesting? Spoiler alert, it didn't. I think she's just like, he's being dramatic. This is ridiculous. Um... I think she's just wise beyond her years. And so then they're talking to Spinner and Paige, and Jimmy's like, guess what I got for the dance tonight? A limo. And also, I'm paying for dinner because Jimmy's super rich, and he's trying to make the night magical and perfect for everybody. Yeah, I was like, I was like, man, Jimmy is like real comfortable with spending his dad's money because it's not like he's like I'm treating everybody with all the money I've worked so hard for it's more like I'm treating everybody with all of the money that I borrowed from my dad and it's like it kind of takes like the gesture out of it and also like very just so comfortable being like here I will spend money on all these things you guys don't have to pay for anything my dad's cool with it yeah, but I also think it's, like, a little sadder than that in that, like, his parents are, like, not really around that much and they just throw money at him. He's like, here's money. Go have fun, son, because I'm not here, which is very sad. Poor Jimmy. I mean, I do feel bad for his situation. Don't get me wrong. I'm just, like, being real liberal with that with that cash money. <laughs> for sure. Um. So then the theme song happens, and then we see... Sean in the media immersion room with Mr. Simpson. And Mr. Simpson is like, Sean, uh, you have a 49 and you're failing. And I know you're in student welfare. And Sean's like, well, not anymore because I failed. And Mr. Simpson's like, well, if you make a database or whatever the fuck for the shop class on on the computer, I don't really remember what he asked him to do. It was something related to shop. Um, You can bump it up and you'll be able to pass. And it's just, like, so very nice of Mr. Simpson. And Sean does not deserve that gesture. And he fucking knows it. Because he immediately is, like, so guilty when he finishes it up. 
Mr. Simpson's like, you got a 53. It's not a good grade, but you're not failing, which was a harsh reminder of how Canadian grading is different than American <laughs> grading. Because a 53 in the U.S. is failing. Anything below a 60 is failing. Don't ask me why. I don't know. We have a flawed system. Yours makes sense. Ours doesn't. This is on us. Um, but yeah, he's like, 53, you kind of passed. And I'm like, did he, though? Um, <laughs> and, you know, he's like, yay. And he's like talking to him. And he's like, you know, I know that like you don't come see me and talk to me and I can't help you with your problems anymore because you don't come to me and that's fine. But like, I'm here for you if you need help with anything ever. And like the guilt just crushes Sean and he just goes, I stole your computer. Yeah, and Mr. Simpson's like, wait, no, no, I lost it. Chemo, what, huh? And Sean's like, it wasn't chemo. You didn't lose it. I stole it to get back at Emma, Emma, and I'm really sorry. Like, you didn't deserve that. And Mr. Simpson's just like, basically tells him to fuck off. And he's like, I have to leave. You have to leave. Like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Do we want to just finish out Sean's storyline? Do we want to just go storyline by storyline? Because they were all so short. Yeah, all right. We can do that. Um, do you want to do fashion police first? Sure. I don't have a ton of fashion notes. Um, I enjoyed the sari on Jimmy. I <laughs> thought he looked great. It's a good color for him. Um, I didn't really have that many fashion notes either, but fucking Billy Ray Cyrus, who is in this episode, is wearing a Canadian tuxedo shirt and like a leather jacket and like fringed leather gloves i mainly just took notes about billy ray cyrus also his hair looks pretty damn good for which is weird for me to even say about billy ray cyrus but i feel like his hair is always pretty on point um and like flowy um sean at the dance is looking very eminem in his dark hoodie Ellie is wearing a school shirt and a leather jacket at the school dance. And I just love how neither Sean nor Ellie care about the theme in the slightest. Here's the thing, though. Like, I, when they were clearing out at the end, like, it seems like only 50% of the people cared about the theme. Like, all the characters that we know, except for Sean and Ellie, like, fully embraced it. But then, like, all the people that were clearing out when, like, the fire alarm was going off were dressed normally. So I was like, not everyone gives a shit about this theme as hard as Marco does. <laughs> and I guess his friends are just being supportive. Um, yeah, that's really, those are really the only fashion notes I have. Because everyone was just wearing like normal clothes or just like the saris the whole time. Everyone was just in like saris the whole time and that was it. Yeah, pretty much. Um, although Caitlin, um, she ha she keeps, she I don't know. The past, maybe it was just this episode. She had this like white eye makeup and like this like silky blue shirt and it was a bad look for her. Like it made her look like pointier. I don't know. It just was not good. Not on board. Yeah. But her hair looked good. That's I mean, I have nothing else to contribute. So if you have any other notes. <laughs> no, not really. I just, you know, sorry, it's cool. Yeah, so finishing out the Sean plot, um, later that night at the dance, he and Ellie show up. And I think it's pretty clear that Ellie, he had, like, talked to Ellie about it. And she was like, let's go to the dance. You need to talk to him and make it right. Or she's at least there for him. And they, like, she's they're only there so Sean can find Mr. Simpson and at least try 
to apologize, I guess, because Sean tries to approach him at the dance and Mr. Simpson kind of blows him off and goes to like go to his car. But when he's in his car, it's not starting. And Sean is like, let me take a look under the hood. Like I can help you out. Please let me do this. And then once he's looking under the hood, there's like something wrong with it. And Mr. Simpson, like, you don't have to do this. And Sean's like, like telling him all these things are wrong with the car while Mr. Simpson is like, please, you don't have to. And Sean's like, there's something, something, blah, blah, blah. You If you buy all the parts, I'll do the labor for free. Please let me do this. I like owe you. Please, like, I did a shitty thing. This can be my way of apologizing. Please let me do this. Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, and and it's and eventually Snake lets him, which is nice. And you're like, oh, okay, it's gonna be fine, because he's like, yeah, all right. Um, you know, and they walk back into the gym together, and Ellie comes over to him, and she's like, how how to go, and and he's like, I think it's gonna be all right. And then he like gives her this big hug and it's a big smile and then freeze frame end of episode. Um, but Holland has a thing to say now apparently. Well, no, like he goes into the gym and like she's like, how'd it go? And then they hug. And then later after the fire alarm goes off, they're all outside. And I think Mr. Simpson like comes over to him again and like says something encouraging or I don't really remember. And then that's when Sean and Ellie like have their freeze frame cute hug there's like two big really cute hugs between them i got confused <laughs> I, I was like this feels short but i mean i guess you know all right so that is one of the plots <laughs> one Which of the one three i mean let's do caitlin's i guess um just to take a break from the children but <laughs> but yeah anyway uh the moral of that one is yay snake and sean and also yay sean and ellie um I don't know. I feel like I should hate Sean more for what he did. And like, and I do, but also I'm like, I just want you guys to make up and I want you to forgive him, you know? Um, but anyway, so Caitlin is at Joey's house and they're both like rushing around trying to like figure out how to get back to work because they're barely people. And they're like, we're two peas in a pod. And I'm like, gross. Um, but also cute. Uh, and Joey's like, you should move into this pod, which is like a fucking weird way to ask that. Like, while you're both rushing, he's like, be a pee in this pod. Like, what? Joey, get it together. Um, and she's like, what? And, and we all agree. And he's like, yeah, you basically live here anyway, and you're great with the kids and blah, blah, blah. Which, like, okay, I get it. And she seems thrilled. But if I was Caitlin... I would not want to give up my, like, fancy TV lady apartment that I'm sure she has and, like, her solitude to move in with children. Yeah, but she loves Joey, and she, for some reason, also loves Angie, even though she's a big fucking brat. But she loves it. She's like, what? But she's like, can we talk about this later at dinner? And he's like, yeah, yeah, for sure. And so then later at work, Caitlin is at work, and Tomas comes in, or Tomas, how she pronounces it, which really bothers me, um, comes in and is like, uh, she tells him, like, guess what? Like, Joey asked me to move in. Because she's, like, looking at, like, his and hers towels or something on the her computer. And he's, like, staring at her. And she's like, aren't you going to say congratulations? And he's like, I was about to. But for something else, um, guess what? Your 
HIV AIDS programming thing got approved and you leave tonight for Africa. It's so great, right? And she's like, oh my God, what? No, I can't do that. I'm moving. Oh, it's Joey. Like, I'm not going to say no to the man that I love. And Kelsey and I are both just like, what? No. What are you doing? No. Do not. No. No. Caitlin, don't be afraid to fucking follow your dreams. If he loves you, he'll wait. And if he won't wait, then he's not worth it. Fucking God damn it. I just, I hate this. And this is why controversial opinion, I get so mad at the season finale of Friends or like this. Yeah, I think it's the season finale. Mm-hmm. Um, It the might be that. Finale. Yeah, the series finale of Friends when Rachel get spoiler, I guess, for a show that ended like 10 years ago when Rachel gets off the plane and gives up the dream job in Paris to fucking stay with Ross, who mostly sucks. <laughs> Fuck that. Ugh, I'm like, oh, Girl, don't give up your dream job. And Caitlin, don't give up your dream job. For fuck's sake, it's nine months. Like, he can wait. It also reminds me of another season finale of a show that is not as good as Friends, but it is called The Hills, and it's when goddamn, spoiler alert, Lauren Conrad also gives up an amazing trip to Paris with Teen Vogue, who she has managed to get an internship with. Like, first of all, don't say no to any type of Vogue. Second of all, don't ever say no to Paris to go, like, to a beach house with your boyfriend all summer who's shitty anyway. Like, what is happening? I mean, Joey's not shitty, but the moral of all of these stories is don't, like, let some guy hold you back. And, Caitlin, I thought you were a strong, independent woman and would not let this happen to you. Ugh, didn't she do it for Jason, too? Like, of all boyfriends? Um, yeah. It was stupid Jason, and I don't understand it. I mean, whatever, Jason. <laughs> anyway, Caitlin, get it together. You don't need a man. Seriously. So, later that night, Joey and Caitlin are at dinner at, like, what is seemingly the only restaurant in this town, because this is where... This is where... Uh, Spinner and Paige and Ashley had dine and dashed, and it's where they are all now eating dinner for their dance. But meanwhile, Joey and Caitlin are there, and Caitlin is like, guess what? I'm going to move in with you. Yay. It's so happy. Woohoo. And Joey's so happy and excited. And then she's like, yeah, today was a really whirlwind of a day. And he's like, oh, why? Were, Were you not sure about moving in? And she's like, oh, no, 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 no. But Tomas told me that my, like, HIV AIDS segment got approved. And Joey's like, um, what? That is amazing. Like, this is super cool. And she's like, oh, my God, yeah, but, like, I'd have to leave tonight. And he's like, wait, no, like, okay, let's pack your bags. Let's go. And, like, he's being so supportive and is, like, not even, like, he's, like, not even giving it a second thought because Joey is also a sane human who is like, oh, my God, you need to go do this. This is, like, your dream. Yes, and she gets so mad and flies off in a huff, and I'm like, no, you have the dream boyfriend. Like, he's like, go, run away, like, do your thing, I'll wait for nine months for you to have your dream job. Caitlin, you fucking dummy. And she's like, um, okay, and, like, runs away, and is like, I guess I need to pack, and is, like, really annoyed about it, which doesn't make any sense. So then, later that night, she's at the her office and is, like, getting ready to leave, and... Still isn't like super feeling great about it. I'm talking to Tomas about it. And then Joey comes in and is like, Caitlin, like, why are you upset about this? Like, we're going to be fine. And she's like, 
if you really loved me, you wouldn't want me to go. And he's like, it's because I do love you that I do want you to go. You crazy person. I know this is your dream. I am not going anywhere. I will be here when you come back. And she's like, I'm going to be gone for almost a year though. And he's like, okay, well, you need to do this. I will be here. I will wait for you. It's going to be fine. And then they like smooch a lot. And then she's like off on her way. It's a sweet ending for what it is. But like it's a whole, uh, it's it's just so crazy and stupid to me that she like, it's like, you don't love me because you want me to go for like pursue my goals and <laughs> dreams. And I'm like, like you are an adult. Get it together. It's, I don't know. I just, I love Caitlin. And this made me lose some respect for Caitlin. Yeah, she's just all kinds of insecure, um, which I guess, like, maybe is also left over from, like, the last time they were a couple when he, like, cheated on her when they were engaged or something, which is something I only, like, kind of know about from, like, hearsay because I did not watch the original Degrassi series. But still, it's like they have been, like, super duper in love for this past season, basically, or half of this season, and... Joey's a doll who is supportive and understanding and Joey and Caitlin should just like roll with it. Seriously. I don't know. Do you want to talk about Jimmy? Yes. Jimmy, we've, we already talked about how they're walking down the hallway and he's like, I'm going to do all these things and spend all my dad's money. <laughs> and he's like going away to basketball camp in LA or whatever. Um, AKA becoming Drake, but not really, but he will one day. Um, yeah, we we've got we've got a at least a few years, right? A few years, a year, something. We got a long time until Drake happens. Like we're still in two thousand four. Are we? I feel like we've been saying two thousand four for a. Or long maybe time. we're in two thousand five now. I don't know. We're only in season three. I don't think he leaves until like season six or seven. He's here for a while, but yeah, he's like paying for things, and so then after they leave school. They're all at Jimmy's house, like, trying on all their saris and her. I don't remember the name for, like, the man version, and I feel really bad. It's not Kurt. It's a Kurt something. It's got a Kurt noise. (laughs) You guys, I'm very sorry. Um... I just don't know. Uh, and it's it's kind of late, so (laughs) we're just gonna keep going. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like... Yeah, so they're trying on their respective outfits, and Jimmy comes out in something that's like a, this very nice peach color. It looks good on him, and he's like, "I don't think this fits me right." And Paige is like, "Yeah, because that's a sorry, and you were supposed to get it. I think it's Kurta or something." Yeah, something like um, and he's like, "Uh, yeah, I did. I ordered two saris and two other thing." <laughs> And he's like, oh, and they gave me three saris. And Spinner's like, you didn't check the bag first? I'm like, Spinner, look at you, like, arguing for responsibility. I never thought I'd see the day. And then, so now Jimmy just has a sari. And I think he puts on, like, his own vest over it to try to make it look more manly. And then Spinner makes, like, kind of stupid, like, ladies first jokes the, like, the rest of the night, which are annoying. Um, the vest is kind of effective though. Like it does make it like if he didn't have it, I think maybe we'd be like, Jimmy's wearing a dress, right? (laughs) But like the vest makes it look more masculine. Um, uh, 
So yeah, but so they go outside because their limo is about to show up and hot damn. <laughs> First of all, it's like it's like tacky and it has like a cowboy hat on the front as it's like emblem or whatever and it's like you know, very clearly like not the fancy limo that they expected and Billy fucking Ray Cyrus steps out of the front seat. And I'm like and I just what is happening? <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus is the limo driver. There are also flags on the car that have like a couple star. They're like fake Confederate flags are the vibe I'm getting from these flags. Like they couldn't do Confederate flags because obviously they're very offensive, but they still wanted to like emanate like feelings of the South and having like random flags on the car. It was very strange. But yeah, out comes Billy Ray Cyrus in his crazy outfit and he like calls he's like calls jimmy a hound dog and it's a whole thing like jimmy's like um i don't think this is the order that the limo that i ordered and billy ray's like no it totally is get in the car like don't worry about a hound dog like get in the car i don't even know but it's all amazing and i love it yeah it's it's amazing he's like well are you jimmy brooks and jimmy's like yeah and he's like then I'm your driver. And it's a whole thing. And um and and I love Spinner's like I, li- I like her hat. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it's amazing. It, it's so fun. It's just it delighted me. Like uh, Billy Ray Cyrus as limo drivers in all future television shows. Please and thank you. Yes. So then he drives them to the fancy restaurant and once they get there uh, Paige and Spinner are like, oh my god, no, we need to leave. We cannot be here. And they're like trying to hide because it's the same restaurant that they dine and dashed at on accident. And they see the same waiter and they're like, no, we stiffed him. We have to leave. And Jimmy's like, wait, what? No, we have reservations. So then they get sat at the table. They eat their dinner. And then the bill comes and Jimmy's like, oh, wait, wait, wait. I think you accidentally charged me for three extra dinners. And the waiter's like, oh, no, no, no. Those are, you have four dinners and those are the three lunches that your friends ran out on me for. And so now Jimmy doesn't have enough money to pay and fucking Paige and Spinner like have no money to help contribute. So then Hazel like fronts him the money and is like, it's okay, I got it. And it's just like, come on Paige and Spinner, you dummies. How much are lunches at this fancy restaurant that he only needed an extra $40 for three extra lunches? (laughs) Or have I just been, like, living in New York for too long that, like, this is, like, normal price for food? I mean, maybe he had some extra cash on him just in case, and he was then still short $40, but I don't know. That tracks. Um. So, yeah, they are, like, they're, like, oh, sorry, and it's, like, Paige and Spinner, you're both fucking useless. Um. <laughs> and Jimmy's, like, bummed out and embarrassed because, like, the point of this whole thing is that he's supposed to be, like, Showing Hazel how much he cares. I don't know why, though. I don't. Do you know why this is a plot line? Were they having problems that he was like, I need to make it up to you? Or did we just need to be reminded that they're together? I think it's the latter. I think it's like their first big like dance as a couple. And he like really wanted to do something special because it's probably like the first instance where he would have been able to like go all out for her. And it's just, like, falling apart for him. 
Um, but after dinner, they go outside and there's like something wrong with the limo. I don't remember what happened. And so now the limo driver cannot take them to the dance. But luckily, Billy Ray Cyrus talks to the policemen and they're like, don't worry, guys. I still got you a ride. And they're like, going to prom in a police car. Oh, my God. Which I thought sounded super badass. (laughs) But okay, it's fine. But it was very nice of him to convince the policemen to drive them to their prom. I don't understand why it happened. I don't know why the policemen agreed to it. That's not doesn't seem like a thing that they would normally be super on board for. They're not chaperones and chauffeurs, but fine. Um, and I don't understand like why they're catering to this man who apparently has thirty unpaid parking <laughs> tickets. <laughs> like maybe he's just like particularly charming. I don't know. I don't get it. Did you talked about his Canadian tuxedo, right? Yep. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. So. Speaking of the prom, though, I feel like we need to, like, touch on it a little bit because we didn't before because I think it was technically, like, Sean's point of view. But the dance is very Bollywood. Marco is, like, dashing around like a crazy person the whole time. And, like, Craig is there taking photos. And did you notice that Craig took a group shot of Manny, JT, Emma, and Chris? And I was like, was that awkward or are we just, like, Pretending that this isn't a big deal, maybe? No, I I wrote it down. I was like, Craig is taking a photo of Manny with JT Ox. And, like, <laughs> it's just never addressed. You never zoom in. And Craig is back to his old... I take photos at all of the events, like, <laughs> gig that he inexplicably always has. Yeah. And then, like... As Marco is going to go up on stage and he's like talking about like, don't forget to vote for whatever, like the fucking drapes catch on fire because of course they do and they all get evacuated. Okay, I have a thing about these drapes. Marco is walking into the thing with Dylan, who's like, everything looks perfect. And then he goes almost perfect and he picks up the curtain and he puts it into the light. He caused this. <laughs> he put it into the light, I guess, like to make the light look better. Or maybe he took it out to show that it was very easy for these things to fall into the lights. One or the other. Either way, it's either very much his fault or still kind of his fault because he's the one who was like, these curtains and this lighting seems perfect and not at all flammable. Yeah, it was crazy. So as the dance was being evacuated, this is when... Paige, Spinner, Jimmy, and Hazel pull up in their cop cars. They see everyone leaving. They're like, what the fuck is happening? They call Craig over, and they're like, Craig, what is going on? And he's like, oh, you know those drapes Marco picked out? Turns out they're super flammable, and everyone has to be evacuated. But thankfully, somebody starts cranking, like, the most 2004 or 5, like, Simple Plan-esque song, and everyone's dancing outside on the steps, after, like, the fire department has come, and they're having the dance outside. And Jimmy is still, like, super bumming out. And he's like, I just wanted this night to be perfect for you, Hazel. Blah. I don't know. I don't care for this storyline at all. She's like, the only thing you have to do is one thing to make me happy. And then they kiss. And then I turn to Holland and go, I don't like watching children <laughs> make out on television. Um, And I stand by that statement. 
But yeah, I don't know. It's fine. Whatever. I don't know. I just don't understand, like, why he felt like he needed to go through all this trouble. Like, is it because he's going away for the summer? She didn't seem to care about that. (laughs) I don't know what he's trying to prove here or why he's trying to prove it. But whatever. It's fine. Yeah. And she's like, there's only one thing you have to do. Dance with me. After their awkward child kiss. And... So that's basically the end of that storyline because then, like, the episode actually ends on, like, Sean's happy freeze frame face as he's hugging Ellie after he's, like, kind of reconciled with Mr. Simpson. That's basically the episode. Um, Who do you think the Spirit Squad captain is? Joey. Totally Joey. Because he could have been like weird petty guy and been like, no, I want you to stay. I want you to I want us to have our lives together right now. Fuck your job. And he was like, follow your dreams. I'll wait around. And it's like, yes, thank you. Like, be a fucking boyfriend. Good work, Joey. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, ship of the episode. I'm going to go with Joey and Caitlin because mainly just because Joey is like, dude, we're fine. I still love you. Go do your thing because I love you and I believe in you and I believe in us and it'll be okay. So Joey and Caitlin are my ship. Uh, I am all for Sean and Ellie. Um, they're just they're just great. I feel like she makes him better. And like I know that you're like a big semo shipper, but right now I'm really just I feel like she makes him better. I don't know. It's like his life has only improved since she's come into it. No, I'm, like, totally on board for Sean and Ellie right now. Um, I think they're also very cute. And they're just very, very well suited for each other. They, like, complement each other, but also, like, make each other better, I guess. They, like, are helping each other grow, and I like it. But they're also not too, like, samey, you know? And I don't want to, like, keep it only to fashion choices, but it's, like, they're both, like outsiders but like in different ways and it's like they don't have the same home situation but they're both equally terrible (laughs) you know it's 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 a lot of stuff and I feel like they just they get each other in a way that I think Sean needs right now yeah totally moral of the episode um trust in love and your relationship and like just Follow your heart and do what you got to do to make your life cool. But, like, trust your partner. They care about you, probably. Yeah. I don't know. And, like, do the right thing. I don't know. I don't know if there's one moral that covers all three plot lines. But, yeah, sure. Like, whatever. Trust in people. Um, Own up to your mistakes. And also... Like, I don't know, do the right thing. I don't know, whatever. There there were so many things happening. All of those things worked for me. Um, But we have some great... Oh, we have to read a comment. Oh, fuck. We have a YouTube comment that we got to read. Um, Basically, all of the YouTube comments were either talking... We're just talking about, like, Billy Ray Cyrus and Hannah Montana. It was all amazing. And um, my favorite one was started by Cam Frusciante. I don't know. But she started, she wrote, She just wrote, you got the limo out front. And then it, it's just an entire thread of people just saying the lyrics to all of you, 
best of both worlds <laughs> from Hannah Montana. It's it's magnificent. It's very funny. It just it just <laughs> oh god. It's now stuck in my head. Yeah, it starts with you got the limo out front, and then it's just like how to style every shoe, every color. And then, because being famous can be kind of fun, <laughs> it's really you, but no one ever discovers. Yeah, I'm like not singing it, but kind of singing it, and it's amazing. I just, I, yeah, I, home night, it was like a little bit past our time, but like, we have younger siblings. We know what that song is. We know what's happening here. I think Holland also had a good one. Yeah. And then there was also a fun Drake-related comment by, <laughs> you make me barf, one word. And they say, ever since I left the city, you started wearing Sorry's Going Out more, which I enjoyed. <laughs> I enjoyed that, too. Oh, and some were, someone responded, paid for by some parents I ain't ever seen before. <laughs> also, I kind of want to shout out to Alicia Hill, who just commented, oh, my sweet niblets. <laughs> oh, my God. The comments were pretty good this time around. Um, But for our grapevine, we actually have an email to address. From Matilda McMorrow, and she is from the UK, and she also enlightened us to something that exists on the internet that I want everyone to look at, but we're going to take a tiny peek at it and read some excerpts, but she says, I came across a Craig Ashley fan website the other day, and you have to take a look. They've designed an intricate banner and music plays in the background, and clearly a lot of effort has gone in. Apparently, Crashly is Next Generation's, in quotes, power couple, which I'm skeptical about. Also, it has copies of fictional diary entries that the end used to have on their website for the characters to go with each episode. Being in the UK, I never got to go on theend.com, and this glimpse was super valuable. They're hilarious. Please read some out on whatever it takes. Also, they confirm how terrible Ashley is as a human, and I'm going to read the diary entry in which she is referencing. Um, in a second, but to everyone out there, the website is craig-ashley.com. Please visit it. It is crazy, but we're about, we're going to read one diary entry from Ashley and one diary entry from Craig. So Kelsey, do you want to read Craig or Ashley? Oh my God. Um, (laughs) I mean, it depends if you do Craig, are you willing to do a deep man voice? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> then I'm then I'm gonna be Ashley right now and I'm very excited. Sorry, hold on. So this is actually the one that um Drive. this is from Drive and this is actually the one that uh Matilda, Matilda referenced in her email. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um and the subject is how can I be and she just wrote out the letter B dot 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 lamer question mark brain, heart, emotions, deal. I don't think I've ever met someone as funny and with a better perspective on the world than my friend Ellie. She's the type of person who always tells you the way she feels and won't put up with BS from anyone. She's like on a crusade for truth and honesty when everyone else is gossiping, backstabbing, being two-faced, disloyal jerks. Sometimes it's scary. We're pretty good friends and we hang out all the time. 
but I'm always nervous around her. You never know when she's going to say from one minute to the next, and I'm afraid one day she'll see how lame I am compared to her, and she'll turn on me. She's someone who it's awesome to have as a friend, but probably scary to have as an enemy. I'm getting some weird type of obsession. Whenever we're not hanging out, I'm hoping she'll call or email me. While at the same time, I'm always trying to hold off from calling or emailing her in case I start to annoy her. She's this totally real, totally interesting person, and I think about her all the time. Like, no matter what I am or what I do, I'm always thinking, how would Ellie act in this situation? I'm this little insecure girl who's always afraid she'll suddenly see the real uncool me. Now I understand how Terry must have felt when we were best friends. Yikes. I just, yikes. Like, first of all, poor Terry, because that is not the situation at all. And I don't think that's how Terry felt, because she shouldn't have. Um, I think if Ellie had read this, she would have dumped Ashley as a friend. (laughs) I just, it's just, oh my God. She says scary a lot. Like, she's afraid of Ellie, but she's also in love with Ellie, and it's confusing. <laughs> and it reminds me of um my so-called life, because there's, like, this one scene with Rayanne's mom, and she's talking to um Claire Danes' character's mom, and she's like, yeah, you know, you know, like, when you have, like, that kind of best friend when you're young, that, like, if you were a lesbian, you'd really want to have sex with them? It's like that. <laughs> oh, my God. Also, so this is the entry that Matilda was talking about in in reference to that. Now I know how Terry must have felt lying. She she just says, like, no, Terry is cooler than you and you're super arrogant, which is super fair and super true. Um, So that was from, yeah, the season two episode. I think it was Drive when they're, like, getting their belly buttons pierced and stuff. Um, And the Craig diary entry that I have chosen is from Take My Breath Away. AKA the first Manny Craig date where it's like two different versions and that amazing dream sequence like opens the episode um, with the song, Be My Cinderella, Can I Kiss You, Manuela? So after the date, Craig apparently wrote a song called Bad Pop Song Number Three on September 9th, 2003. And I'm just going to read you the lyrics to the song. It's called In a Bad Way. (laughs) She took me out. She talked and talked. She talked some more. She drove me crazy in a bad way. I made her laugh. I made her scream. It made me crazy. Then I made her cry in a bad way. Chorus. I (laughs) I thought I liked her. Never should have found out. Didn't want to hurt her. But she wouldn't give dot 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 me an out or an out (laughs) it wasn't right that was that crazy night thought it'd be fun but she was so young in a bad way and then it says chorus times two um aptly named bad pop song number three (laughs) fucking yikes city um that's bad it's bad he got better he got he got better i swear Also, on all of these journal entries, there's like a my friends list on the side. And some of the screen names are A1 Chick, Bada Boom, Mr. Simpson, Mama's Little Angel, Picture Perfect, Smiley Girl. And Smiley Girl is like with the alternating like lowercase, uppercase letters. That was very big in 2003 and on AIM. 
Sparkle Spaz, Spinner, and Who Cares. And Kelsey and I like went through some of them and tried to assign people to them. But I would also like to hear from everybody. Like, who do you think Smiley Girl is? Like, who is Bada Boom? Who is Mama's Little Angel? Who is Sparkle Spaz? Who is Who Cares? Like, who are these people? Who on Degrassi are these screen names? I mean, I Mr. Simpson is obviously Mr. Simpson. <laughs> and Spinner. And Spinner is obviously Spinner. I still feel like Sparkle Spaz is Manny. Mm. And I feel like... I know that this is Craig, but I thought Craig would be picture perfect because Craig's a photographer. But Craig is friends with Picture Perfect. So maybe it's maybe Picture Perfect is um Paige. Smiley Girl, I feel like could be Emma. I think Smiley Girl might be Terry. I feel like the uh, lowercase uppercase is kind of Terry-ish. A1 chick, I feel like is Ashley. But Ashley's also friends with A1 chick on her thing. So maybe they're also friend like yourself shows up in your friends list, but I don't know. I feel like I don't Bada Boom might be JT. I don't know whose mama's little angel is because I feel like it's not Emma. Maybe that also that could be Terry because her mom is an angel. I don't know. Who knows? Tell us what you think. That concludes our grapevine section. So if you guys want to be featured on the grapevine section, you can email us like Matilda at whatever it takes podcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet at us at Degrassi Pod. We're also on Tumblr, whatever it takes podcast.tumblr.com. Um, you can find us on SoundCloud and you can also find us on iTunes. And if you're on iTunes, you can rate and leave us a review. Because if you leave us a review, then we will make up a mini fan fiction for you and whoever you want to be shipped with, like on the spot, on the podcast. They're always very fun for us and we hope they're fun for you too. Um, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Hollandtacular. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at CalSucks with a Z at the end. Holland, what do you want to recommend to the good people of the internet? Um, I'm going to recommend a podcast that I haven't started listening to yet, but I know I'm going to be in love with. It's called Little Gold Men and it's Vanity Fair's like Oscar podcast. And if you're into Oscar movies or the Oscar race or anything... Um, I think it's kind of just a roundup of like what to look out for, what people's predictions are. And I'm very excited to start listening to it because Oscar season is basically beginning and I am ready for it. And I'm going to recommend also a podcast. Um, It's called Buffering the Vampire Slayer. It's amazing. It is just it's it's new and it's already the best like Buffy podcast. Like it's just it's. Oh, it's so good. Okay, so it's it's a Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast, obviously. Um, and it's hosted by um Kristen Russo, who's a writer slash former goth teen, um, and Jenny Owen Youngs, who's this musician that I discovered in the MySpace days. Like I discovered her through MySpace. I don't know how that just happened sometimes, but I found her and I like became like a little bit obsessed with her. And like I sometimes over like the past like 10 years forget who she is. And then I remember again. I'm like, oh, my God, she was great. Well, now she hosts this podcast. It's amazing because she's like a huge fan of Buffy. Oh, Kristen is like her wife, by the way. Um, 
and she's it's amazing. And then at the end of every episode, she writes a song for the episode, and it's always really good. I just fucking go listen to Buffering the Vampire Slayer. There have only been three episodes so far. It will take you like three hours to catch up, and you'll be fine. Do it. Go. That sounds amazing. I feel like I need to finish watching Buffy, which I haven't done yet, and I know I need to. And then I might listen to that because it sounds great. Um, but that is all that we have for today. Bye, Panthers. Bye, Panthers.